Thank you for joining us for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mace, and here I am with Jay Jones. Good morning. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? Not bad. That didn't, that didn't sound too, that didn't sound too exciting. Look, look at this uh, in 4K. Mm. Look at this. Mm. George. Yeah. I aged like an entire year the past two weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing even happened. Yeah. It, nothing even happened at all. Well, yeah. That's how it is. That's how it is sometimes. You know? Getting old, I guess. Old with young kids. It's, uh, it, it, it does get a little rough at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? It gets, it gets rough. Just doing our part. Just doing our part. Yeah. To populate the earth. You know? Just trying to contribute to as many greenhouse gases as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, trying to prevent an ice age. Good, I guess. Really. There you go. Yeah. So. Well, George, you you uh you feeling better today? Huh? Am I feeling better today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm okay. I guess I'm feeling all right. All right, all right. Good. It's this well, weather, man. Got really cold and dreary, and I don't like it. I'm impervious to cold weather. Is it your Viking? It's Viking my, you blood? see, like micro. I am micro evolved to face the cold. How do I know? Because I go duck hunting sometimes, and I've been duck hunting when it's around zero degrees. Oh yeah. When's the last time you and went I, duck hunting? And I'm not even phased. Have you uh, even have you even been since we merged? Oh yeah, yeah, I've been. Really? Kids' activities, you know, take priority. I can't just be going out duck hunting when the kids got stuff going on. So right. Yeah. Um, you see this tiny nose? You know, people like to make fun of the tiny nose, but nobody's laughing when it's about five degrees outside, and I'm not cold, and everybody else is like, "Oh, I need a face cover." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's benefits. You you uh, hate the cold, and I thrive in the cold. Oh, I hate it. We're we are a, a regular yin yang podcast. Huh? Yeah. <clears throat> We're the odd couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have a sense of humor to the super reformed that I said yin yang. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> the true, the truly reformed unsubscribe. Yeah. See ya. Next, we'll be talking about Christmas. <laughs> oh no! Oh no, George. <laughs> George, we need to bring it back in. We need a real. This isn't free for all Friday. No, no, it's not. Man, I'm, I'm trying to, find, I'm trying to find this picture that I can pull up on my phone, and I cannot pull it up on my iPad. <laughs> do you, do you, oh, send it to me. Send, uh, just send it to Twitter on for me. Okay. Let's see if I can pull it up. Okay. And maybe I can, maybe I can show it. Okay. Try, try that. Let's see here. Hang on a second. I don't know what, I don't know what the problem is here. Okay, go over to my screen. My, my technical difficulties. Yeah, go to my screen. Yeah, my screen. Click it. There you go. There we go. Uh, that was apparently at Prestonwood. What? Where? What is? Where's Prestonwood? What is that? It's down in Texas. We, that's uh, it's the church that had the uh, the drummers. 
yeah. The flying uh, drummers. The flying drummers. This is you, part of showed. it. Yeah. Look at that. That's what I. That's what I. I read is uh-huh. that it's at Prestonwood. That's crazy. Um, I I'm try. I can't. I haven't been able to verify it. Um, Did a couple people get married too? I don't know what's what going, going on. on <laughs> I don't know what's going on down it's there. Such at the a hotspot. They got fireworks going on inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And Santa Claus up there. That won't be confusing for any kids right. at all. <laughs> right. Santa Claus in church. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. That there's a lot of stuff going on in this picture. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that, that is, you would. That's nuts, dude. I thought that you would enjoy uh, enjoy seeing that. How far will it go? How how far can can it can they take it? You know. So I, f- I found this on Twitter. I I don't know why I can't pull it up on my Twitter app on my on my iPad, but um, the the comments are not. They're not good. <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, people like, well, if it's for evangelism, George, why uh, not not have Santa Claus flying over everyone's head? Santa Claus is up there. You know, it's about a week away. Do you do uh, do you tell your kids about Santa Claus or no? Uh, We talk about the historical Nicholas, okay, um, and and talk about the Council of Nicaea and him uh, giving the old right hook to Mm -hmm. to Arius. That's that's the Santa Claus that I like. Yeah. How about just have they absorbed it from the culture, like thinking there was a Santa Claus? You know, we uh, we used to do it with Roland, firstborn, still trying to figure things out, and yeah. and uh, we we still were trying to figure some of our our theology out. Um, and all the truly reformed just now unsubscribe because uh-huh. you're unqualified, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but. I don't know. He he wasn't too old before we. You're like now. Nah, we're like, is, nah, no. this is you know, this is just make believe. Yeah, and we haven't <clears throat> we haven't really done it with mm-hmm. with any of the other kids. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. We uh we never we never told any of our kids about Santa Claus, but inevitably they'll absorb it from the culture. It's like it's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, Do you have a TV in your house? Well, no, do people even watch TV anymore? They used to. You know, not so much any anymore nowadays. But commercials, uh, go to the movies. Uh, you know, go to the movies. What are you talking about uh, previews <laughs> through people, Santa Claus. Do people watch TV anymore? Do they? What are you talking about? I mean, like regular TV. Oh yeah, yeah. People, people still do they still have that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Like everything's app TV, TV apps now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's not even like real commercials anymore. Yeah. Um, Super Bowl, like you name it, like whatever mm. culture, it's out there. Go to the store. Santa Claus imagery everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, Drake, uh, we never told him about it, but one day we're in the living room. I think he was three and a half, maybe three and a half. What? Not long after I got back from Iraq, he's like, "Dad, I don't think Santa Claus is real." <laughs> like, no, okay, you have to remember. Like, I'm not exaggerating because he had like an insanely large vocabulary for a small child. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was almost creepy. Yeah. You talk to the talk to a little kid like that. I'm like, why is that? He said, "Well, we don't have a chimney." Mm. Like the logic was strong. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, we we your parents gave you all that stuff. You know, God yeah. give God's blessed us, and so we we can bless you guys. Yeah. So had to had to have a serious combo with Evangeline though. Yeah. Because she's uh, she's very imaginative. 
So she's making scribble scrabbles on a piece of paper. I said, what are you doing? She said, oh, I'm making a thank you card for Santa Claus. Mm. I said, Santa Claus? So what are you talking about? She said, yeah, I know he's yeal. She can't say it. I know he's yeal. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? She said, well, I saw an elf the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you did? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She said, no, I'm not joking. Yeah. I saw a real elf. Okay. A person who was dressed up like an elf. Mm-hmm. So she concludes, and Santa said it's real. Okay. I said, all right, I, got, I just got to tell you something. All right. <laughs> you see all those presents? We already put, pre- there's already presents out. Do y'all do that? We got presents out under the tree. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, we'll put some more out the night of, but we'll put some out. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you see all those presents? Like, your mommy and daddy got, got all that. Mm-hmm. But that came because God. God gave us everything we have, mm-hmm. so now we give to you. Mm-hmm. So then she came later. That note was torn in half and had all these <laughs> scribbles on it. I said, what's this? She said, it's a thank you note. And then she took the other half that she had torn in half to her mom. <laughs> so, yeah. And now all of the non-reformed unsubscribed. Uh-huh. For, for, how dare you, Jay for Jones? For running Santa Claus. How dare, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Subscriber purge. Yeah. Well, should we jump into this or no? I wanted to. Uh, I wanted, what do we think? I, I'll I'll leave I'll leave this uh, I'll leave this for next time. Um, but I did want it. To, I, I wanted to show you my shirt that I got. Okay, what you got? Uh, don't, don't be daft. Don't be daft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I tutor some kids, mm-hmm. um, some homeschool kids. And uh, one of the mothers, who is also a member of our church, okay, uh, had these shirts made for <laughs> the entire class. All right, and uh, I thought that was a uh, thought that was a nice gesture. I, I I like walking around with a shirt that says "Don't be daft." Okay, Are you you tutor English. I feel like maybe maybe that maybe I should have saved this for a free for all because that's maybe. when we are um, at our yeah da- yeah daftiness. Well. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes here as well. People are like we're ten minutes in the guys. I came here for, I came here for text driven Tuesday. Oh boy, Jay, what a sermon! Oh really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we had we had all kinds of discussions in our community group. Did you yesterday? Oh yeah. Hopefully it was good. Yeah. Hopefully good discussions. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a great discussion. Had some questions, um, and uh, I could. <laughs> So we were talking. I was thinking this could be a long. This could be a long one. <laughs> this could be a long one. It could be a long one. It could be. Yeah, it probably could be. Yeah, yeah. I. I well, it started out. Um, for those who didn't listen to the sermon, I'm, I'm in Ecclesiastes eight. It was going to do the whole chapter all in one sitting. This is really kind of one unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, what what. How you can see that it's a unit is it begins with who is like the wise and who knows, right? That's one bracket. Yeah. The the last part of the bracket <clears throat> is about the wise not knowing and not finding something out. Mm. And so there's this section is about uh, really the benef- the limit the benefits, uses and limitations of wisdom. Um, there's five ways, really, that you can apply wisdom. Like, there's kind of five spheres he brings up in this. Yeah. Um, it's about being happy. So that's how he starts. Like, who's like the wise? Nobody. Nobody's like the wise. The wise are wise, right? He wants you to be that way. Who knows an interpretation of a thing that is 
who can apply wisdom. It makes a man's a man a, a man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. So wisdom is good and beneficial. It can it can help you to live a happy life in a fallen world? And there are really and there are five ways he applies it. And so I was like, all right, well, perfect, five points. Mm-hmm. And then I start to <clears> look <throat> at the first point, and I'm like, hmm, the the first fear is about government and the king. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, George, what do you think, man? Should I do? And you were like, why not break them off and do five sermons? Why not do it? So it's my Christmas gift to you, Jake. My Christmas. So I went ahead and did it. <laughs> huh? I don't need much encouragement for that. Right. So I went ahead and you blame broke me it for off. you blame me for everything. You blame me for preaching the book of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> it really is your fault. I feel like you're like, what can I tempt Jay with mm-hmm. that I know he's not going to resi- be able to resist? Yeah. How about Ecclesiastes? You make it. You, you like whisper. You make, it, you make it really. You make it really easy. Though. You like. You like whispered in my ear. I think I was taking a nap, and you probably whispered in my mm-hmm. ear. Do you like yeah. Ecclesiastes? Right. I it's, woke up and I was like, "It was an. Incep- you know what? It was an inception. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll take on Ecclesiastes. <laughs> so yeah, there we are. You're welcome, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, no one left during the sermon. I consider that a win. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, maybe it's not a win. Maybe I didn't preach good enough. Because sometimes I've have I have had people leave during the middle of my sermon, mm-hmm. and I consider that a win as well. Yeah, like not our church members, obviously, but you know, mm-hmm. a guy comes in off the street. If you just preach the Bible and people get mad, mm-hmm. I consider that a win. Yeah. So nobody left. So maybe it wasn't a win. What do you think? I don't know. Nobody, nobody threw anything at me either. So there was something here for to offend everyone. I feel were you, like. Were you wanting someone to throw something? No, at you? I just, you want, I just you feel like to fling a, a dead cat at you. Maybe I would. If that that would be like, if someone slings a dead cat at you, <clears throat> mm-hmm. that means you're in the preaching hall of fame. Is that like the reform bucket list? Yeah, I was yeah. like, all right, have a dead cat thrown at me, uh, get chased out of town, mm-hmm. uh, threatened with burned at the, you know, being burned at the stake. Yeah. Well, if we just wait a little while, that one might come easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, five applications of wisdom to make your face shine with happiness. That's what's coming over the next five times. Okay. This one is wisdom applied. And we're going to have to split that up. Yeah, we are. Because of Christmas. Yeah, we are. So, we'll only get two in. Mm. It's okay. They kind of... If we're going to break in the middle, these are fine. Yeah. Because you can take them individually. So mm-hmm. this one today, wisdom applied with respect respects. Wisdom applied respects the authority of the king. So you want to be happy, have a proper view of and respect for government. Okay, and uh, we we had some good discussion uh, about government mm-hmm. as you were working on this. So mm-hmm. we'll. Uh, I plan on raising some issues to talk about. Jake, okay. So. Well, let's do it. Okay. All right. I don't claim to have all the answers. (laughs) You don't have to tell me, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Four guiding principles to how wisdom applies to government. So Mm -hmm. let's have you read. This is verses one through six. Let's have you read verses one through six of Ecclesiastes 8. Then we'll we'll jump in. So obviously there are more than four probably you can get from the Bible. Mm. But uh, yeah, the idea is I'm, you know, I'm going through Ecclesiastes. I've never preached on government before. Ever. That surprises me. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I've when preached. you told me that, I, I was I was a little surprised. I thought that for sure you would have yeah, have yeah. taken some time to do that. I don't just jump off into topics. Mm. I have so two things I have jumped off on. I've done a, 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 a probably a couple on just the issue of abortion. Mm-hmm. I did one when they did <clears throat> the Obergefell Obergefell decision. Uh-huh, yeah, I did I one that. specifically mm-hmm. on the issue of homosexuality and marriage, mm-hmm. but those were not. Go- uh, government sermons and broadly, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They were kind of more focused on the, like the issue, right. the ethics and morality of these issues. Mm-hmm. So this this is the first time I've come in a text to specifically about government. Mm. So which I think is interesting in itself because you you listen to a lot of of uh preachers nowadays and they talk about government a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so, for you to have never covered it until now, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it comes up, right? It comes up. Yeah, you gotta yeah, deal with it. You yeah, get, when you get to it, you gotta, you gotta, you can't yeah. skip it, right? You yeah, preach it. I remember when I first came to to Northwest, the, mm-hmm. to, I preached through Malachi and uh, and First Corinthians, and I preached on divorce. Okay, um, like three or four times <laughs> in like the first first year yeah and uh it was there you go it's right there. you gotta do it it's there in the it just keeps coming up i told the people i was like i it's not like i'm picking it wanting to to preach on divorce right uh but here we are right yeah Yeah. so you gotta gotta deal with the topic when it comes up so Uh let's uh let's have you read it and then we'll okay we'll talk about it there we go i'll stop probably at verse six halfway through verse six yeah i'll I'll go through verse six Who is like the wise and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's troubles lies heavy on him. There you go. Okay. All right. Four. Switch four it over, guiding, please. Four guiding principles. Hey. We could just follow your. We lost the camera guy. It's my dad. My dad's in filling in for Larry. Yeah. We should have got you a microphone. Larry won't talk in the microphone, but I bet we could get old. The original. Yeah. The original Jerry Jones. I'm like a craft brand. <laughs> That's the original back there. I bet he would talk. Yeah. And if we had, if my grandpa, remember I interviewed my grandpa? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man, we could have done a free for all Friday with my grandpa. We'll put, we'll put four microphones in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd probably get banned from the internet for all time. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think so? There's no telling. <laughs> we got i saw you hey my dad yeah my dad got a twitter account he's over here he's over here trying to argue with joe biden <laughs> like dad he's not you know he's not gonna check that yeah, that's right he doesn't even know he doesn't even know what year it is somebody else tweeted that for him you know <clears throat> yeah yeah, we need the we need the mic up your 
your dad over here. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, wisdom. So after all this, applied. after all this time, your dad got a, a, a Twitter account. He did. Yeah, he got one on there. After yeah. all the warnings that we, I know. I just, I <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah all right <laughs> well <laughs> yeah uh don't get a twitter account <laughs> all right so four, four guiding principles <laughs> four guiding principles to how wisdom applies to government and uh christians need this yeah. because <laughs> We're notoriously bad yeah. when it comes to talking about uh, <clears throat> government. All right. I so, think American Christians are, you know? Well, I, it, you know, I, uh, the, the way that I feel like we're going to jump around. Right. Should we just give the four points and then just, and then just talk? Sure. How do we want to do this? Yeah. yeah, we can do that. <laughs> All right. So, because I feel like we're just going to, we're, we're going to bounce here around. They are. They're okay. very yeah. easy. Yeah. Okay. From Ecclesiastes, like I said, you can get others, you know, go, Elsewhere in the Bible, you can probably you could establish more principles, but here's some that just from Ecclesiastes. Now keep in mind the context is a king in the Middle East. Right. Now we'll have to do a little work to cross cultural gaps mm-hmm. into uh, governments through history, and then in particular to our government, our system. But they still apply. Number one is be a law-abiding citizen. Mm-hmm. Number two, do not be quick to show public disapproval. Number three, be warned of the danger of working against the king. Four, be discerning when opposing the king. Mm-hmm. That is, pick your battles wisely right. and in a way that will get the effect you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So be a law-abiding citizen. Be not quick to show public ref- approval. Be warned of the danger of working against the king. Be discerning when opposing the king. Mm-hmm. There they are. There's the four. Um, going back to what you said, um, I, I, I do think that the way that we talk about government is unique in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think it's because of that that cultural gap that we have to bridge. Right. This, this is dealing specifically with a king who has ultimate authority. Yes. I mean, Solomon could do whatever Solomon wanted, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Uh, but we're in a... We're, As was the case for the majority of world history. Right. Honestly. Right. Um, yeah, we're, we're in a, a unique um, system. Uh-huh. That for millennia right. was unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about um, Greece and Rome a little bit there for a time. There's a little bit of had, an anomaly. They had some. I mean, Republics. The, the Roman Republic. Yeah, but they even had, they even had senators, that. but they, it, yeah. the people would the people would vote. Right. Right. But they don't have a say after the vote <laughs> right. anymore. Right. You have the senatorial class, mm-hmm. which is about four levels above a regular plebe, mm-hmm. you know, a regular peasant. Um, so you really have a lot of input on what happens after that vote. Right. And then that didn't last that long e- either because then Caesar took over, mm-hmm. became a dictator. Yeah. Became king. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so we, we see a, a, little, mm-hmm. a little bit of it, but until America was founded, it wasn't... It wasn't a, a government that was by the people, right? Right. Um, so we do have to have to make that gap. Um, but I think we also need to, as Americans, we need to understand that we need to understand the unique place in history 
in which we live um, and the uniqueness of our, our government and not insert American democracy into the Bible. Right. Like we need to understand that the, the type of, the type of government that is, is seen in the Bible is a monarchy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it will be, I think originally God's plan was monarchy. Adam, Mm -hmm. Adam is king. Right. With the potential to live forever. I think people forget this. Mm. Okay. If, if Adam lives forever, he will be king of the earth. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah, there'll be a ton of descendants come from him, but he's the first and he's the representative of all mankind. Mm. Uh, he has to take dominion over the earth. Like he's the man. Right. And, um, he, but he falls. So then comes the second Adam. Mm. Oh, interesting. I wonder what that could mean. Uh, so a variety of things, one of which is that I think God's plan for material creation mm. is eventually the unseen realm merges into the new creation, mm. is uh, God with man, Christ as king. Mm. A human king, because right. he's a human being mm. forever. Yeah. In a perfect, perfect world. Um the uh, the prophecy um, of Isaiah chapter nine is that the government will be on his shoulder, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so it's not a it's not a uh, it's not an abolition, uh, you know, abolishing of um, right of government. Yeah. But yeah. it's God's government, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the problem that shows up in uh, in First Samuel. Right. Um, people struggle with that. What what exactly is going on? Israel asks for a king. Samuel is upset. Mm-hmm. He goes to God. Um, was it wrong for them to have a king? There's debate right over that. Right. Um, I, I think the the key to that is they want a king like the nations. Right. Right. They who want will, a king who will go out and fight their battles for want, them. Yeah, they want someone they can see. So they can see the power pulled in a location mm. um, where they had the king. They had a king, and they were not living in submission to him, mm. and that's why the chaos. Well, I think even more than that, they were supposed to have a king that they could see, and they've already been told about him. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're wanting just a king. They don't care that he's got to come from Judah. Right. He's got you know, to be this kind of, he's got to be God's king. Mm-hmm. They want a king like the nations around them, they, and so they're... They're gauging what they want by what they see around them instead of what God has already revealed. He's already revealed that there's going to be a king. Um, All the way back in Genesis 17, God is promising to Abraham, kings will come from you. Uh Uh, Genesis 49, there's going to be a king, but he comes from Judah. Mm -hmm. Um, Numbers 24, even Balaam Mm -hmm. sees that there's going to be a king, Mm -hmm. but it's God's king. And Jacob. Jacob, as he blesses his sons. Genesis 49. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they were supposed to have a king. Uh-huh. It's just supposed to be God's king. Yeah. And uh, what they're doing is they're throwing off God's God's ruler rulership. Mm-hmm. So, all right, be a law-abiding citizen. This is, this should be self-explanatory. Should be pretty basic. Right, should be. Yeah, should be basic. We're not, we're not talking about anarchy. Right, right. Have you ever met a Christian anarchist? A long time ago, no, I can't remember his name, but he was kind of like the type of guy who was like, well, we've never tried anarchy. <laughs> remember I said that? Yeah. And I was like, well, That's I don't know about that. I think maybe we have. We just need a purge, right. Jay. Yeah. 
So, yeah, um, but no one who's like seriously like, hey, we, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can take seriously looking at condition of the the world and say, all right, what we need is no government at all mm-hmm. because we're able to govern ourselves totally and keep ourselves in check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it won't happen. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, be a law-abiding citizen. Obviously, the king, he makes law, right? Mm-hmm. The king's sovereign. He makes law. He executes he executes and upholds the law, so you know you are to to obey. Um, and I wanted to ask you about this um, verse two. Uh, it says uh, I'm, I'm using the LSB here. Uh, Keep the command of the king because of the sworn oath before God. Yeah, because of the sworn oath before yeah. God. Yeah. Um, do you think that that might be a reference to the Davidic covenant? Possibly. Um, also, if you have, I don't know if it's NIV, Holman, I think Holman makes it your oath to God. So it speaks as if it's like you should obey the king because you made an oath to God. Mm. But as I said in the sermon, it literally in Hebrew is just like God's oath or the, the God oath. Mm. So people struggle with the interpretation. Is it, who's, who's the oathing here? Who's doing the oathing? Mm. I think it's God's oath to the king. Mm. So if if so, then it it can fit with that yeah. Davidic covenant, God's promise. Mm. Um, so there'd be a, a specific. Uh, I mean, this is this is the Davidic king yeah. writing to Israel. He's not mm-hmm. just he's not just writing this, you know, to circulate among the nations. It's it's particularly for God's people. Right. right. So in a specific sense, obey the Davidic king because God has made a promise to him. Right, um, Psalm two. Right? Uh-huh. Um, but then we can we can kind of expand it in a general sense to right um, obey those in authority because they're from God. Yeah, um, because we have the New Testament. So mm-hmm. obviously, we see here in the Old Testament the king is instituted by God. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question might be, well, what about our government or other governments through history? Mm-hmm. And Paul brings that up in Romans 13. So Romans 13, 1 to 7, that's obviously the big passage, mm-hmm. one of them. Right. Peter writes on this as well. Yeah. But this is the, this is probably the longest section. Uh, in Romans 13, 1 through 7, the same principle is taught. Um, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those exist have been instituted by God. Mm. So a couple of things, obviously. Every authority comes from God. Um, it does apply to, obviously, <coughs> governments, but I think it also applies to authority in general. Mm. Um, so where God has established these spheres of authority, um, that's good. And, it's, and, and the closer a government or like the family is another sphere of authority God mm-hmm. established, mm-hmm. Um, even in a non-Christian culture, if a government or a family closely aligns with God's design for it, the society will benefit. Okay, So God's design for a family authority, a man, a woman, for life, the leadership of the man um, as the prime authority, not that a woman doesn't have any authority, but as a, a family is closely aligned with this, that society will, in general, uh, flourish. So one one that I kind of thought of that really 
has a big emphasis on family, the importance of family was like the Japanese culture. Okay. Um, now, we obviously had a massive war with them, right? But their society is not known for anarchy and like chaos and crime, mm. right? They have like this honor-based society. It has a lot to do with honoring your family. And so what do you have there? You have, you know, pretty decent society. Uh, well, the further any culture or society gets away from that, you're going to have problems societally. Same thing for a government. So here in Romans 13, 1 through 7, God kind of tells the purpose of government. Mm -hmm. Now, the closer that any human government matches this, the better the society will be. The more it deviates, the worse the society will be, because all authority comes from God. He designed it, and it's for human benefit. So are you seeing Romans 13 as the idealistic government? Yeah, I think I think I think what he reveals is uh, this. Yeah, this is God's design. Um, now it, it could. I think it, there is a case to make that this is God's plan for curbing human evil after the fall. Mm -hmm. Now, what you don't want to imply then is that government is a post-fall thing because I don't believe it is. Mm -hmm. A government exists for coordination, for planning, for executing of plans, for building. It's the type of thing you would need to take dominion of the earth, right? Um, and that's pre-fall. Post-fall, though, it serves a, a role. It serves a purpose, and part of that purpose is to, is to keep at bay the, the um, immense potential that human has, human evil has, mm -hmm. to absolutely cause chaos and destruction in the world. Right. A government will keep that at bay mm -hmm. if they're doing what God right. has designed them to do. Right. And that's all the here in Romans 13, 1 through 7. Mm -hmm. So there's, I mean, Romans 13 was a, a huge discussion um, just a few years back uh, because of COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I had to the, cut my COVID stuff out of the sermon. Because, yeah. We were going oh, yeah, we sure. to have an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm sermon. sure. I'm sure. Um, so the government uh, was. Um, instituting these lockdowns. Right. Um, and then the vaccine, they started uh -huh. mandating right. vaccines. Mm -hmm. um, well, not for everyone here in America, but for some, for federal employees uh -huh. and things like right. that. Right. Yeah. Um, so what what do we do here? Because are we supposed to obey the government? Are we supposed to, um, were they violating, were they outside of their sphere? What... Uh, you had stuff on right. COVID, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what do you have? Um, well, I think one thing you have to remember is if there is a, an issue of morality and uh, it comes to a violation of the conscience, the human conscience. conscience. So what 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 I might would like if it's, if we're not talking explicit gospel issues and a direct violation of the Word of God, I think there could still be some things the government might would ask you to do that your conscience won't allow you to do. Okay. But it might for me, right? So for me, when I joined the Army, and, and I'm not speaking ill of anybody who didn't take the vaccine as a federal employee, right? When I joined, it was a blank, it was a blank agreement. Like, here's, here's my life. Um, I'm going to put in my body what you tell me to put in it. I'm going to die. If you tell me to go here and die, then I'm going here to die. Here's my life, Jay Jones. I swear allegiance. If you... Asked me to do something immoral. I mean, obviously, in our oaths and in army regulations, 
you can disobey if they tell you to like go kill a bunch of kids. Mm. Obviously, you don't obey that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we took when you deploy, you're gonna get in a line and they're gonna stick you with a whole bunch of shots. Mm-hmm. No clue. Right. That's pre-COVID. So for me, like if uh, I just would have probably taken it. Mm. Um, for those who couldn't do it, their conscience wouldn't allow them. I don't, I don't look down on them or or anything. I'm not. I don't judge them for that. Um, but you do have to know that there's a price to be paid for that, mm-hmm. um, because they gave they gave a legal order. I mean, I didn't examine the flu shots or I mean the anthrax. <laughs> like you took you took the anthrax shot over there. Now the anthrax shot is shown to have caused harm in some people, mm. which is a shame. Um, so. Yeah, you just, if your conscience won't allow, you know, and you can't do it, you can't do it. But then the government will do what they do and, you know, kick you out and punish you. Mm-hmm. So I think they have that. The the, the thing with COVID, we, let's, we, I guess we could go there since we're talking about it. Um, So the government's role is to protect society, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> Romans 13, 1 through 7, it's to punish evil. Right, they bear the sword. Mm-hmm. They don't bear the sword in vain. They're to punish evildoers, lawbreakers, and to reward the good. Mm-hmm. So they exist for the benefit of preserving society. Now we're not like famous like John MacArthur, but yeah. we actually followed. You know, without looking to see what they were doing, we just did our thing. But we ended up doing the same thing. So at the beginning, it did look like the governments had the best interest of society um, in mind. At the at the beginning, like this is going to be a uh, it could be the way they were talking about it's like Armageddon, right? Millions upon millions right. of dead people. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know, so we're say okay. Well, obviously, for us, we're like, well, we don't want our church people dying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we'll we'll cancel church, and we didn't do online church because we don't think that's real church. Yeah, just lost some more subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Online church isn't real church, right? If that was a shock to people at yeah. this point, I don't, I don't know. What to, I don't know what to tell them. So we just canceled, and it, you know that was pretty painful. Mm-hmm. Really depressing time. Yeah, really depressing. Dark days, really dark days. And um, but after a while, you know, we began to see some funny things. We talk as elders, and mm-hmm. we're like, "How can we go into Lowe's?" And there are like 400 people in here because nobody had <laughs> right. anything to do. Yeah. Like, so everyone's oh. going to Lowe's. Oh, yeah. The and parking like, lot is packed. And remodeling their house and yeah. whatever. But So mm. we can go to Lowe's, but, I mean, we can't come to church. Right. This doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember one day I had a conversation with the mayor. Mm-hmm. Remember this? Yeah. And he triggered me. Are we in point? Are we in point number two? <laughs> I got triggered. I got triggered. Now he he's a he says he's a believer. I don't have any reason to doubt it. You know, prior to this conversation, he was you know I'd asked maybe would you serve on the COVID task force? And I'm like oh, you know maybe maybe so maybe I can bring some uh, reason to that. And uh, I didn't hear from him again after the conversation. So he had used the, the, these words that um, something to the effect of maybe in another month we'll allow churches to meet. And mm-hmm. I said, "Come again? Yeah, you allow?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, we're we're not doing what we're doing because you say so. 
Like, you don't have that authority. I said, you don't even have that authority constitutionally. He said, well, our lawyers say that we do. I said, I don't really care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but beyond that, you don't have the authority to regulate worship. Mm. Like, we're going to meet when we want to. You know? Um, we're not, like, bad citizens, mm. but you're not going to—you don't have that. You can't, you can't tell us what to do. I did it as respectfully as possible, obviously. Um. He was in a bad spot, yeah. getting bad advice from obviously bad lawyers. Mm. Like I don't have a reason to doubt that he's not that he wasn't actually trying to be right. a good mayor. Mm-hmm. Like he's not part of the the global COVID conspiracy. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was experienced nationwide. Mm. So we started meeting again. <clears throat> we weren't the government's enforcers. We didn't enforce masks. A lot of people wore them, and that's okay. Some people didn't, but we weren't going to come go around and be like, put your mask on. Yeah. You know, or leave. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, like you said, we're going to be jumping around. Yeah. But that's because I think, you know, in this, you have a clear place where the government's got, they've gotten outside of their sphere. Mm-hmm. God has established them with this sphere, and they begin to intrude on a different one mm. that they don't have a right to. Yeah. So Christians through history, whenever the governments have done that, they don't obey. So they'll obey pretty much any law. It could be the stupidest law. It could be the dumb, 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 dumb laws. They could make a law that said, uh, you know, where you have to wear a seatbelt or we'll give you a ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I could not resist. Did you know there's a lot of people that are hardcore no seatbelters? Oh, really? And not even for the safety reason. Because they say it's unconstitutional. Mm. I'm see. I'm I'm opening your mind to a whole world of libertarianism. <laughs> you didn't know this uh, that there's like hardcore uh, anti seatbelters. Oh yeah, no. It's a matter um, of the constitution. Mm. But now, whether it is or it isn't, you know, yeah. I, who, I'm going to wear my seatbelt. Mm. Number one, it's. Um, Safe. <laughs> Keeps you safe. Yeah. Uh, and number two, I don't want a ticket. Yeah. The government can fine you for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fine. Right. And I'm, so I'm not going to be stupid and violate laws uh, and go to battle with the government over things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. So obey. The government can make, like another stupid law. You can't drink till you're 21, but you can, you can go into the army and die on foreign soil mm. when you're 18. Yeah. Dumbest law ever. The government can make really dumb laws. I don't, you know, I have a son, he's 18. Guess what I tell him? Um, you obey the law. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a stupid law, you know, and you could sign up and in six months find yourself in who knows where, doesn't mean you can say, well, you know what? I think I'll just drink. Let me let me push, let me push a little bit more. Okay. All right. Because I know that um, I cannot remember... It may have been Jonathan Lehman mm-hmm. from Nine Marks. Right. He said some pretty stupid things during the whole COVID thing. Well, he said a lot of dumb things. Yeah. yeah. Even um, before COVID about abortion. Yeah. Um, I think he said this. Okay. If, if it wasn't him, my apologies. Okay. All right. Because I know that he listens to us. Um, he said something along the lines of if the government told me to, um, I had to wear ribbons in my hair. Mm-hmm. The government has the authority to do that. Yeah. And I should obey that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I would say if you lived in China, the answer would be yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Put the ribbons in your hair. You don't want to get disappeared. Okay. Obviously, I think under the Constitution, well, this is the, the, the tension. The Constitution is the king. Mm -hmm. the, the king of America is the Constitution. Right. Okay? These government officials, we can vote them in and out. They can be removed. Mm -hmm. And they can make stupid laws that violate the Constitution that then you can disobey and be challenged in court and have overthrown. Yeah. That's part of your duty as well mm -hmm. in obeying the king. See how complicated it gets in America? Mm. It gets very complicated. Now, there are some laws, like you said, do you want to go to battle with the government over wearing a seatbelt? Right? Right. No, you don't. Is the government forcing you to put ribbons in your hair in obvious, blatant violation of the Constitution? Yes, it, it could be challenged so easily. Mm. So it's not a good example in America. Mm. It is in China. Where would you, where would you draw the line? Um, like they have, they have spheres of authority, right? Right. Um, well, where, where do you draw the line on? I'm not going to do this. You, you may make a law uh -huh. and it may be, you know, quote unquote legal for you to right. do this. Right. But I'm not going to do it because it violates my conscience or I see this as a blatant disregard for. Um, the value of of individuals made in the image of God. Yeah. Well, let's take for example. Let's say we live in like um, where do they have strict Sharia? Saudi Arabia. Okay. Iran, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Like I'm talking full on cover the face. Mm. Like let's yeah. okay. So let's say that you live there and you're a Christian. Uh huh. Does it would it violate my conscience? to have to cover my, my wife up like that. I think it's, you know, it's robbing her of her dignity as an image bearer of God, covering up the image of God in a woman. I think uh, it harms my conscience to do such a thing. Mm. Am I going to tell her to do it? Yeah. Mm. Right? Because if you're there as a Christian, what's your mission? What is your mission? Well, your mission is ultimately to be a witness and to advance the gospel in a society. And you can't do that if you're dead. Right? Yeah. Uh, so better to be shrewd. We're going to get to a lesson on shrewdness a little bit later here in Ecclesiastes. See, Americans, we're not real shrewd. Mm. But if, if you view your, your primary mission in all of life is to be a Christian, to spread the gospel, to advance that kingdom, and let's say you're up against a kingdom like Saudi Arabia, well, even if it, if it harms your sensibilities, is it immoral? To have your wife cover herself up? No, I think it's I think it's wrong and demeaning. But um, I want her to uh, stay alive, and I want to stay alive too because I would want to uh, be able to uh, continue to live and to share the gospel with people in that society. Now, obviously, missionaries have done that on purpose, yeah. and they probably mm. all wear that stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They probably all don't eat pork. They have to abide by all of these laws that are part of Sharia right. that they can't abide by without breaking God's law. Mm. You see what I mean? Yeah. Okay. It's just tricky here in America. Right. And part of the trickiness comes down to we think that we have we think we have these rights that are on par with what a king may do. Um, but this kind of brings a balance to that because 
in God's strange providence, he has instituted these authorities in other places. Mm-hmm. And what they put in place um, is there, and you're warned, if you go against it, um, then you're going to face the, the consequences of it. It doesn't mean you can't, but you've got to pick your battles, and then this kind of gets back into... I mean, it's bleeding into some of the other stuff, but... Right, yeah, don't don't be a hurry to go from his presence. Right. Don't don't be quick right. to criticize yeah, the, if, the king. It's like the right. king issue makes an order. That's number, part number two. Be not quick to show public disapproval. The king makes an order publicly. He can make whatever he wants. He can be like, you know what, guys, on uh, Tuesday... What we're going to do is we're taking Tuesday morning off, and I know it's going to cut into your business. Tuesday morning is celebrate my father, David Day, you know, (laughs) and uh, festivities all around, and I'm not paying for it. (laughs) And you're going to be like, yeah, you're going to make a dumb face and walk out, turn your back on the king. Mm. Not smart. Not smart. Right. Is that the same? um, Again, I'm using the LSB. I don't have my ESV with me. Um, the LSB says, do not stand in an evil matter for he will do whatever he pleases. Is that, is that the same? I, th- I take that as a little stronger, okay. more like working directly to oppose him. Okay. They, I take the first as like, you're annoyed. Mm, okay. Okay. So just eat it. Mm. Don't change your face and walk out on him. Yeah. Don't show a public disapproval of him mm. for something that that's, that's uh, not important. Okay. Like that. Okay. Um, or maybe even some things that are important. What could get you in trouble? Yeah, got to pick your battles. Okay. Um. Let Let me. Uh. Did you hear that? Did you hear my stomach? Dude, that I think your like a, your stomach growl came through yeah, the microphone. Maybe. Did you guys hear? Uh, did you hear it? <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. All right. Let's Let's talk about this uh, this phrase that we hear quite often. Resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Oh, I thought you were going to say taxation is theft. Let's, well, we could talk about that too. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, but. This is a John Knox quote. John Knox, yeah. Um, is, his, is, 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 is it John this, Knox or is it someone else? I'm pretty sure it's John Knox. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm pretty Curiosity sure it's John Knox. gets me, George. I can't resist. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you can see t-shirts and oh, all kinds of oh yeah, all kinds of stuff. Um, resistance. To, well, American to, an American will never waste an opportunity to make money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it is a catchy t-shirt. Uh huh. Yeah. So kudos to whoever made it and made some money off it. Yeah. Um, but uh, we need to talk about it because, especially in um, you know the reformed world, we see it a lot. Did you find it? I'm looking it up. I keep hearing your stomach over I here. I know. I, it won't stop. Impressive. You need to start bringing in some some of that that uh, that sushi. Hmm. Let's see. Mm, I can't find it right now. Can't find it? No. Well, tell me what you think about that uh from Ecclesiastes and I'll see if I can I'll see if I can find it while you uh um enlighten us. I I think that do, it doesn't really it only applies like I said in certain situations. You know, the ones that are often used are um, it's it's John Knox. I, it is. I found it immediately. I, well, I found I it. Found it I found it, that another person had resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Yeah, I thought it was him too, but I I, I found that someone else had quoted it as not him, and it was like another Puritan. 
So I see. Uh, I see that it was a suggested motto for the seal of the United States. It actually was. Yeah, Rebe- rebellion to, t- to tyrants is obedience to God. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's often quoted, and I think rightly, is the um, the Israelite, the midwives. You know, Pharaoh he issues his decree to put all the Hebrew male children to death. And they resist. They oh, it's, mi- it's misattributed to John Knox. It is? Okay. It's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm... Misattributed. What I'm misattributed, yeah. Yeah. So I'm... It was originally quoted by um, Benjamin Franklin. That's... Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that. Uh, well, I don't know originally, but I know he did. He's the one who proposed right. that motto, I think. Okay. Probably was John Knox. I, I can see that it fits him as he opposed uh, the queen. Right. And and she obviously was a tyrant. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the whole burning people alive thing. That thing. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're not laughing at my jokes. Sorry. Should I make jokes? Sorry, I'm just, I'm I'm trying to... I probably shouldn't make jokes about that. I'm trying to find this and... And um, Insensitive. It seems like it's, it is misattributed to him. Um... Yeah, which I think that kind of changes um, the way that we should view it. I mean, it it's uh, it seems like we um, attribute it to John Knox to give it some right some weight, right? Uh, but it could have been from Benjamin Franklin, who was Maybe. not a Christian, right? <laughs> so that that should that should uh, at least give us pause. <clears throat> Some I would say this sometimes resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Mm. Sometimes resistance to tyranny is just sin. Right. Sometimes or a tyrant. I'll mm-hmm. say a tyrant because um, resist tyranny. If you do, if well, you have to define terms. You can define right. tyranny such that it's disobedience to God. Mm. In which case, disobedience to tyranny would always be obedience to God. But sometimes tyrants are just tyrants. Yeah. So let's 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 put some kind of specifics. Okay. Let's let's talk about specific situations because uh-huh. I know that you, you didn't have the time to give all the specifics that you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can w- let's let's look at Nero first. Okay. Because that's that's who the emperor is when Paul and Peter write Romans and and First Peter, where they're they're both telling. Yeah, you to obey. Yeah, right. and you've got Nero. He's a tyrant. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't started. He hasn't started. Um, you know, targeting Christians. Right. Um, particularly not yet. Sh- not yet. Yeah. But he always was. He always was crazy. He he always yeah. was. He always was a bad king. Yeah, he's a little serial killerish. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's um, a he's a freak show man. Uh, Do, d- dare we tell people what he did? I mean, you can if you want to. Shall they know? Uh, you can look this stuff up in um, <sighs> what uh, Tacitus. Some, his his history. You're gonna have to call for the earmuffs because sometimes the kids are listening yeah. with their parents. Um, you know what I you, mean? You can look this up in Tacitus and Suetonius. These were Roman historians, um, and they they detail Nero. I think the weirdest thing he did. Well, I mean, he obviously would impale Christians and light them on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not great, right? But uh, it said that one time he put animal skins on himself. 
and attacked a man and ate his um, yes unmentionables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, next level. Uh, Silence um, of the Lambs level. What pushed his pregnant wife down mm-hmm. the stairs? Is that yeah? Yeah. Um, his own mother. Yeah. So. Burned the whole city uh, down. Blamed it on Christians. Right. He ca- he had his uh, he had his servant castrated, mm-hmm. and then he married him. All all kinds of. I mean, he was yeah debased to the yeah you know tenth degree. He'd fit in really well with the World Economic Forum today. <laughs> so, yeah, he probably would be the CEO of like Balenciaga. What he? <laughs> you know. That level. Fre- frequent guest to yeah. uh, Epstein's Island. Yes, for yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. So in, anyway, that this is the this is the emperor that um Peter is now this is before this is before, you know, he starts persecuting the Christians. Right. But um he, he still is bad. He's still a bad king. Uh this is the this is the emperor that, that Peter writes in First yeah. Peter, um what chapter Chapter two, yeah. honor the emperor. Yeah, because people were selling not my Nero or yeah, not my Caesar T-shirts. Uh-huh, yeah. So he's like, nah, can't be doing that, Christians. <laughs> you got to honor the emperor. Yeah, yeah, not not our president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a weird. It's a weird thing. I never really got it. Like uh, you know, as much as you don't like the president, like he's yours. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like he's the one you got. Right. And it just seems a weird thing to, especially for Christians to say. Yeah. Um, so you've got you've got this tyrant that they're still supposed to honor right. and obey mm-hmm. until he starts saying things like he's offer a, a yeah. pinch of incense to the statue and yeah. say Caesar is Lord. Right. That's yeah. when the Christians mm-hmm. they rebel. Yeah, they rebel. They disobey. Um, obviously, can't do that. And we forget like how much of a regular occurrence it could be. Like I said, pretend you're just like laying some bricks. You're just a mason um, out there slaving away, trying to just earn a little money that's going to be heavily taxed by the Ro- by the Romans. Right. Um, and uh, here they come. Here comes some soldiers carrying Nero's little little emblem, little bust, and they say, "Take a pinch, mm. make an offering, Caesar's Lord." And you know everybody else does it, so then get back to work, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Jesus is Lord." Mm. Yeah, what do you think's gonna happen? What did you say? <laughs> say it again. Yeah, and then whack. Yeah, there you go. They just get stabbed and thrown in the gutter. Mm-hmm. Move, move along. They just throw you down. Like I mean, it wouldn't even be a big deal. Just right. slain. Uh, but that's so that that's that's one that's one tyrant. That's one example, right? So disobeying him in that sense uh-huh. would be obedience to God. Right. Not paying your taxes to him would be disobedience to God. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's make it a little more difficult for you, Jay. Okay. All right. Throw it all at me. Throw me the curveballs, the change-ups. Um, Hitler. All right. Um, now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh-huh. Couldn't have been a member of our church, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was a liberal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we can we can debate that, but he was a pastor, right? right? He was a pastor, um, pastor, theologian. Um, he was part of 
a plot to assassinate Hitler. Okay. And he actually was hanged for it. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it wrong? Was it wrong for him to resist Hitler? I mean, you're living. Hitler is the king, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but you also know that he is. Um, he's going to destroy the nation. Like, right. the na- like your nation is going to be destroyed if if Hitler keeps mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Um, and they knew about the concentration camps. Right. Like he's he is doing atrocious things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Do you do you side with the with the people who are trying to assassinate him? So this is where things can become complicated, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it, it can play into why did the colonies rebel? Mm. Yeah. As I said, that's a complicated situation as well. Right. right. If I would not resist a tyrant if I were being persecuted for my for a Christian faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you take up arms. You only have nonviolent resistance. That's it. I'm not sure that is the case always for the Christian. For instance, I see that it could be immoral for me as a Christian to not take up arms to protect an innocent person. I would see that as another act of immorality, Mm. the failure to love my neighbor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's pretend I'm going out here to the car you know, there's a bus drop off here, so people walk through our parking lot all the time. Mm-hmm. And let's say I go outside, and there's a man just beating his wife about the curb stomper. Mm-hmm. Would I be moral to uh, not resist that? Right. If I just got in the car and didn't intervene, mm-hmm. or would it be moral if I were to take my gun out and shoot him and kill him, mm-hmm. save her life? Right. So. Where I land is on that, um, I would be immoral if I didn't take action, and I could. Yeah. So you have to weigh that. Can I take action to save and preserve life? Life is complicated in that way. Um, if you have, I think if you have the ability and it's um, needed to preserve life immediately, and you could, you can make the case, I think, that Hitler was an emergency yeah. Not only was he killing a lot of people, innocent people, he's going to bring about the destruction of the whole nation, mm-hmm. which he did. Yeah. Like they got right what they had coming. Mm. Um very bad. Um it, but it didn't happen, you know, like he mm-hmm. he didn't do it. So I'm I'm not going to be able to say that what he did was wrong. I think that probably the way that he justified it was likely in those terms. Mm-hmm. If I don't act and I'm in the position to act, right. then I, I could be doing, uh, Im, being immoral mm-hmm. and not loving my neighbor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Does that make sense in that way that I phrase it that way? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think... Uh, um, it does, uh, it opens up another another question. Yeah, I mean, this was, you know, when you come, I, at the very end, I brought this up because I, you know... I've got questions just firing off in my brain right now. Jay, I brought because I, I really want to hear your. I really want to hear, you hear your, my uh, my rationale. Opi- I want to hear your opinion on on things. So John MacArthur has said that the colonies 
mm-hmm. rebelled. It was unjustified. They violated Romans 13. You know, I had a Baptist history professor. He was from the UK, mm-hmm. and he used to love to say the same thing yeah. to us. He'd call us rebellious colonists and stuff like that. Yeah. It was all in good fun, you know, yeah. because I'd always remind him that we have better teeth. So... Rebellion leads to good teeth, apparently. Not if American healthcare keeps going the way yeah. that's going, Jay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, John MacArthur, though, he agrees. Mm-hmm. This is his quote, a quote from him. Um, People have mistakenly linked democracy and political freedom to Christianity. Now, I can agree to th- with that. He says a lot of true things in this what he says. That's why many contemporary evangelicals believe the American Revolution was completely justified, both politically and scripturally. They follow the arguments of the Declaration of Independence, which declares that life, liberty, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are divinely endowed rights. But such a position is contrary to the clear teachings and commands of Romans 13, 1-7. So the United States was actually born out of a violation of New Testament principles, and any blessings God has bestowed on America has come in spite of that disobedience. By the founding fathers. Now, people might that might offend them as Americans, but every blessing that we get comes in spite of our disobedience anyway. So that's what grace is. Right. I think God's been very gracious to America through history. Um, so whether we started in rebellion or not um, doesn't change the fact that God has really blessed us because He chose to. Mm. And so it could be in spite of our disobedience or as I as I read, things aren't that clear cut. They're not that black and white, right? Um, because pastors were arguing these issues oh, theologically, yeah. scripturally. Oh yeah, I mean, this was the uh, they blamed the the English blamed it on the Presbyterians, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was the, it was the it was very the, intense. It was the black robed regiment. Yeah, right? you had the of course the Anglicans were on one side because uh-huh. they believe that the king has divine right. Right. He's the even the head of the church. Mm-hmm. The Presbyterian Presbyterians don't believe that. Right. Um, they're arguing a different side. The Congregationalists and some Baptists are with them. Um, and they their arguments won out. And they were arguing more from a like kind of a just war theory type of an argument. Uh-huh. That they're taking a defensive posture right. to defend their families. That, that England actually yes. was the instigator. That they were yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the argument, right. is that they are they are they are defending themselves, mm-hmm. and and that it would be immoral to not defend themselves. Right. They and they also had I, I read some things they always tried to never fire the first shot, mm-hmm. and apparently in history, if you go back and see, they didn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, complicated, very complicated. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you had some questions, some more that came to your mind. Well, I, I don't know. How deep down the rabbit hole did we want to go, Jay? I mean, I I've got... I, <laughs> I mean, this one, this, this, question, ha- this question, you know, you're, you're talking about assassinating Hitler. Uh-huh. And Are you trying to ask me if I had a time, time machine, would I kill baby Hitler? Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't go there. I can't go there, George. That's no, that's not, no, that's, that's not my question. All right. That's not my question. Because you're talking about um, taking up arms against uh, someone that is destroying human life, right? Even if it's a government official, uh-huh. right? Um, well, I, I can't help but think about um, you know abortion, right? In America, mm-hmm. which more babies have been killed mm-hmm. than the Holocaust times. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you've got you've got you know government endorsing it. 
Yeah. You have, and this is, would be the case where you have to weigh the likelihood of the outcome. Mm-hmm. I think so. Be discerning. This would fall into point four. Okay. Okay. China aborts a lot of babies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably more than we do. Mm. I don't think the Christians over there are contemplating this issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the likelihood of a positive outcome is 0%. They're just going to get gunned down and die. So, um, the like, what is the likelihood of us defending the innocent and being successful here in America in that endeavor? Probably zero, zero percent, mm. as well. Now, we, many people probably think, oh, that's not the case, um, but it is, right? Um, so, and it's more complicated, I think, than the issue there with uh, in Germany. Like you had a actual target of armed people. Um, in order to do that in America, you would probably be attacking unarmed people. Mm. I don't think we can do that. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think we can ever go after um, people who aren't engaged in a war. Yeah. Though okay. it is technically, I guess, a holocaust on the unborn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we can take up arms like that. Mm-hmm. Now, ob- there are other means... Right, um, and God has blessed some of those, mm-hmm. as as Roe v. Wade was overturned. Now, is that a temporary win? Because God's giving us over to further judgment. That's yet to be seen. I, I tend to think that's how God's working in America right now. Mm. That He's showing He's going to show He's going to show Christians how how foolish it was to put hope in government and to trust government uh, as we have done. Yeah. So temporary win, right? But the counter from the other side is so will be so strong and swing back so violently against it that what was pre-row is going to look like, you know, child's play compared to what's coming. So if they if they actually make a law, a federal law protecting it all the way up to birth and it become which has never been done. Um, then it's the law of the land, which it never has been. And the result could be even worse than Roe. Mm. And so you say, well, why would God Why would God do that? Well, because he's turned us over to judgment. Like, people thought Trump was Cyrus. Like, they were saying all kinds of crazy nonsense. Like, okay, <laughs> Trump gave you a temporary reprieve from not ha- having dudes in women's bathrooms. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> big-time win for four years. Mm-hmm. He, held, he held off. But what, what has been the, the response mm-hmm. to him? Right. Well, it's pushing even harder and harder into secular humanism mm. than it was before him. Yeah. Um, so I think that that may be what's happening. Though, I think we can thank God for the temporary reprieve of the atrocities of, of Ro- Roe v. Wade. I mean, we live in a state where now it's pretty much outlawed in every capacity except for... Um, the morning after pill, which I think is the place that, you know, Christians need to be asking their government here in America, outlaw that. You shouldn't be able to drive over here to CVS or Walgreens and buy an abortion in a little box. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't, shouldn't be able to do that. Right. Um, so we have, we have a lot of mechanisms at our disposal. That'd be the other thing. If, If we're thinking what you brought up versus the Hitler thing, we have all of these peaceful means what did Bonhoeffer and those guys have? They had no peaceful means. Right. 
there is no po- possible peaceful means that they have to accomplish that. They only had one. We have a whole variety of peaceful means left to our disposal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we pursue the nonviolent always, uh, all the way to the very end. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, um, I think this, again, we're, we're jumping around a little bit. Uh, the um, uh, don't be quick to show public disapproval. Right. Um, and in that, in that, uh, that point, you, uh, you talked about um, how focusing on, I think this is exactly what you said, focusing on politics can suck the life out of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we see a lot of Christians that, that do just kind of get pulled into politics. I mean, for so long, I think since we've been alive, uh, Republican has equaled Christian mm-hmm. in a lot of people's minds. Um, and I think that's still that's still the case for for a lot of Christians. Right. Is they get sucked into politics and and that's their focus so whenever mm-hmm. they're talking about whenever they start talking about morality they're they just naturally start talking about politicians and, right. and government mm-hmm. and, and things like that right um what how do we avoid that um, like where's the balance where because we don't, uh, and you're, you, I mean, you, you talk about it a lot that that we can talk about these issues, mm-hmm. and we are citizens. We should be good citizens, so we we shouldn't um, step back and say I'm not going to have anything to do with with uh, you know politics or anything to do with our, right. our government. We should we should um, vote, yeah, um, from a biblical worldview. Um, we should speak up against things like abortion. Uh-huh. Um, you, you talked about, um, you know, the the whole transgender push and uh-huh. and um, the celebration of homosexuality and and there there are issues that are, I guess, quote unquote, political issues that we right. should speak about. But how do we avoid um, just making everything? About politics, how how do we avoid the uh, the Robert Jeffress, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of position? Yeah, I mean, so you wanna you want to uh, if you're not gonna be quick to uh, show disapproval, you're doing that because you want the ability to when you do, for it to be over something that really matters and makes an impression. Mm. But if you're out here just bad mouthing, you know, the president, um, Nancy Pelosi, and you know, or you're bad mouthing Trump all the time, you know, whatever. Um, or the weakness and limpristedness of Republicans. And you're, you know, you're talking about taxes and you're talking about uh, the student bailout and how they bailed out students and how that, you know, you paid off all your student debt and, and now, you know, you're going to end up paying for taxes for that stuff. And, you know, well, all right, number one, that's just going to make you unhappy. Mm-hmm which is not wise. We're talking about applying wisdom to the real world. We're yeah, I mean the the whole the whole introduction to this section is that wisdom causes the the man's face to yeah, to, to shine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to watch the news every day when I got home from work. Um and it may come as a shocker to the liberals because I'm a conservative. But I like to take in a broad a broad spectrum of information. Uh-huh. Like I like to get it all in the brain and throw it around. 
Okay. And I, it used to just make me super grumpy. Mm. And it was just unhealthy, but I couldn't stop. I just couldn't resist, you know? Just could not resist. Yeah. And um, eventually I just stopped, just stopped doing it because I realized it's just making me unhappy. Mm. This is back in the army days. Yeah. You know? Uh, the, it's just not smart uh, to do that. Like, so if you're a believer, you know, you've got to, to disengage from a lot of this stuff. Now, there's some stuff you just cannot n- disengage. Jerry, hear the word, Jerry, hear the words of wisdom. This, this, uh, this applies to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, you got to be careful. You know, you discovered you could talk directly to the president. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's a temptation. It's tempting. I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. When, when, when has a, uh, can I call you a peasant? When, <laughs> when, ha, when, when else in history, George, has a peasant been able to talk to the king like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, and what's crazy? What's so crazy about this? I have no doubt that Joe Biden is not on Twitter. Like I said, because oh yeah, you know I think he's yeah no no way he's not there. But the last president could not resist. He Twitter. couldn't resist. It. So, Dad, yeah, you could have got on not. there and you probably could have had a Twitter fight with the president <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> yeah, what a time to be. Hey, alive. Twi- hey, uh, Trump is Trump's back on Twitter. You could. There's, there's the per, there's the person for you to interact with. I want you to pick a fight with President <laughs> Trump. You pick a fight with President Trump. And we'll show it on here. I'll take you to dinner. And I'll put it on Free For All Friday. <laughs> Harry, I want you to do. Go blow him up for saying he needs to abolish the Constitution. Yeah, go blow him up. Yeah. I dare you to call him a coward. <laughs> say, say, hey, say, hey, Trump, you are a macho man. You just throw your weight around. But then be like, you know what? You had all these wars going on. Vietnam. Two in Iraq. Where were you at? You don't know anything about the Constitution. Loyalty. Coward. He will not resist. He will not be able to resist that. He'll come at you like an orange hurricane. And then I'll show it on Twitter. I'll show it on Free For All Friday. Uh, we've got to get your we got to get your dad mic'd up. I know. Hey, time. where is that microphone? It's right. right. There's one no, right no, there. No, no, there's there's one right there. Uh, Look, number three. Dad, pull it over there. I don't have anything to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should. Uh... Oh goodness. <laughs> uh, there we go. Yeah. Hey, say something. Say something in that mic. You there? I'm here, but oh, I'm Oh, he's there. Hey, that's nice. Okay, when you're that's ready. Nice. When you're ready, I'll turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so there are things that are so important that we need to that we need to expend every if like if we have uh any amount of um uh, is capital the right word or reputation, we need to be able to spend it on these issues that I think are super important. Mm. Right? Defending uh, the family and marriage, yeah, uh, the issues issues related to the LGBTQ mu- movement and now the transgender movement. These are these are things you can argue from that aren't even political in nature. That's that's my argument here. Why can you argue against the government on these things? Mm. Because these are matters matters of humanity. This these are these are issues of uh, civilization, humanity, and um, the establishment that God has put in place in the created order. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, I want to... 
I want to challenge the use of that that language of spending capital. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. Yeah, just because the world hates us mm-hmm. because they hate Christ. Right. Um, so the idea that we're we're gathering capital and we can spend it, and they're going to actually listen to us on these big important issues, I. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case, but that's 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 not that's not exactly what I mean though by that. What I mean by this is if you are just hitting on every little thing right all the time, yeah, then what you end up becoming is like a chihuahua. Yeah, that's that's what I was. Well, what you want? So I think we're saying the same thing. Just the just the the phrasing was a little different. I agree. I I think that's what you're you if you're if you are complaining about everything I I tell my kids this because Phineas will get like a a little cut on his hand and he will lose his mind. And I tell him, Phineas, you cannot do that. You thought he had amputated himself? Yeah. Because when you actually hurt yourself, it's we're we're not going to take it seriously because You you freak Very out good. over you freak out over everything. You, that's a good. You that's can't good, yeah. uh, you can't freak out over everything. Now you got because yeah. when the when the important stuff comes up, we're not going to take it seriously. And yeah, it's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. If if Christians are always complaining about everything in the government, like seatbelts, right? Um, people aren't going to. They're not going to hear us or tax, we, like when, taxes. Yeah, when we you know, when we are it, yeah. actually calling out. The big things, mm-hmm. the the you know the the really important things, right? Um, they're not they're not going to hear us, yeah. Because, well, we're 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 just always complaining. We're just complaining about everything. We got it. We have to hit the we have to hit the right things, the important things. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you can pick. You know, it's perfect. That's exactly what I was driving for. Yeah. You do that. You're just like you know, Chihuahua barks at everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But <clears throat> when a lion roars. That's what you want. It's impact, like the force. Right. Okay. This person has spoken profoundly on something that's important, mm-hmm. and it's like that. Yeah. I wanted to hit one one other topic. Okay. You didn't mention this. I don't. I don't even think that maybe it would you know it would come out of looking at this passage. But we're mm-hmm. talking about government. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta talk about it. Okay. Theonomy. All right. We got to talk about theonomy. Okay. All right. So this is the idea that um, we as Christians are supposed to work towards the Christianization of the world. This usually goes hand in hand with with post-millennialism. I don't know if you necessarily have to be one to be the other, but most of the theonomists that I've, I've right. listened to have been post-mill. Yeah, right. most, yeah. Um, so the idea is that um, the world is eventually going to be Christianized, the governments are going to be Christianized, and Christian laws found in in the law mm-hmm. in the Old Testament will be, um, they'll be applied. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's. Just, I mean, let's just talk about it a little bit. We don't have to go into a full fledged discussion about theonomy, but we've got this idea that um, we're supposed to be law abiding citizens. We're not supposed to be quick to criticize. We need to um, be aware of the dangers of you know openly opposing 
right. the the king, the, the government. We need to um, be discerning about when. Um, and then you've got theonomist. Right. And I would say that a lot of the things that we, we've been saying over the last hour and a half, they probably disagree. You're right. So what what do we uh, how do, how do we come at this? I mean, obviously, we're not. Neither one of us are post millennial, right? Um, I I think that every Christian is going to. I, I think theonomy is kind of on a scale. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a spectrum. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, and I think every Christian is falls, on is on the scale. Falls on it somewhere, right? right. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking. Uh, to someone at our community group, we were talking about it a little bit. Uh-huh. If if we were just dropped onto a desert island and we were tasked with establishing forming a, a government, right? And yeah, establishing laws, we'd probably start with the Ten Commandments, right? Yep. Um, so we're that would be in a sense theonomist, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Uh, but what about this idea of we need to establish these these Christian laws and Christianize the government and the government should be establishing these biblical laws. Okay. Well, so first off, I would say we'll do a couple of things. Number one, it might come as a shocker, but I would believe in theonomy in this particular instance. As you know, I am a historic uh, premillennialist, mm-hmm. so I believe that Christ will reign on earth, and I believe that uh, his reign will be perfect a perfect government. Mm-hmm. It'll be ruled by God's standards, uh, the laws, uh, the um, the general equity of the laws will be applied uh, across nations, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, um, that's all, that's great. The world will prosper like it never has ever, I believe. Uh, well, obviously, <laughs> you don't agree with that, all right? You're all millennials. We'll talk about that as we get into our stuff, but I would say that. And so if anyone would say that would that theonomy would be bad, I would say, well, why? God's law is good, right? Mm. The problem is an application. Human theonomy will never work, and it has been tried. People say, well, it's never been tried. Yes, it has. Go back and look at England. Mm. So I would just say that to my Presbyterian brothers. Are you going to tie me up when the tide comes in and drown me? Because that's what they used to do. Hey, let's rebaptize this Baptist. Throw you in a sack. Let's rebaptize him with the tide, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even before that, you have uh, a form of theom- theonomy under the um, in Anglicanism, the King, and Presbyterians were persecuted, <clears throat> right? Congregationalists per- burned to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so theonomy under sinful humans can be bad. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Theonomy under Christ will be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are degrees, though, as we said. Uh, there, there. We want to. Ar- we're going to argue for laws as Christians, and hopefully Presbyterians and Baptists and Congregationalists and even Anglicans could all be on the same page here on ninety, you know, nine percent of things. Uh, advocating for laws that we think are just, and we think God's. Laws are more just than human laws, obviously. Like we, the law against murder is mm. God's law. We're advocating for that. So, how many do you advocate for, right? And I think we should try to advocate for as many as we can. Um, 
You know, there are all kinds of things people will bring up. You get into a whole host of uh, issues related to Bible interpretation and things like that, and uh, continuity between Old Testament and New Testament, which we can't get into. Mm -hmm. But the general equity of, of the Old Testament laws, I can acknowledge openly, and I think it's accurate, that God never in the Bible imposed his law that he had for Israel on Gentile nations, because that's an argument that I've seen, and I would agree. But the question is, is God's law better than any pagan laws? And the answer is yes. <laughs> right. My first time I ever read the Old Testament, straight through, I was profoundly amazed at how good it was. How, and I, and I, I, re, I remember, I literally told Angie, I was like, can you imagine that if, if, we act, if this was actually put in in society, how good society would be? It'd be amazing. Fairness, justness, ju- justice—it um, would be—it'd be incredible. But I, I mean, as we've seen, even in Israel, they—they they weren't very good at keep, right. keeping God's law. But as Christians, as regenerate people, you know, maybe we could do better. Mm. So I agree. I mean, if you drop us on an island, and I think this is, in some respects, what the uh, the beginning of our nation was. Now, of course. Some of the founding fathers were deists, but most of them were Christians, and they knew what they were doing. This is why when you go into to Congress, guess who's on the back of the wall? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- these people are making law in there. Guess who's on the back? Yeah. It's Moses holding up the tablets. Mm-hmm. So whenever they write law, who's above them? Moses. Yeah. That's because <laughs> they they were Christians. Um. And so, yeah, I would think on that on this spectrum, I think, to that degree, I would be in favor of trying to get as many of God's laws in place as we could. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of them that are good ones. I mean, how many times—here's here, just a basic one. Put a fence around the top of your house. That's in God's law, no? We, people have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, do we, do we have fences on the top of our house? No. We don't have flat roofs. Right. And the law is put in place to guard— uh, to, so you would love your neighbor. You don't want your neighbor to like to fall off. You know, like you don't want them to pull a Eutychus <clears throat> and fall mm-hmm. and to their death. Yeah, he fell out the window, but pretend he's on the top. But mm-hmm. people have swimming pools, and you've heard this. You know, mm-hmm. and kids, you hear about it all the time. Some neighbor comes in someone's backyard, falls into their neighbor's pool, and drowns to death. Mm-hmm. Well, we could apply that same principle that every pool should have a fence around it that a child can't climb over. That's good. We don't have those laws, though. Uh, You know, that's a good thing. One that we could do in Oklahoma would be if you have a trampoline, it has to be secured so that it cannot be blown into your neighbor's house. (laughs) You could apply the same, the same general principle almost in that, in that respect. Um, Because, you know, my neighbors did that. And if we'd have been outside, it would have killed us. Mm. Like, it messed my car up bad. Oh, really? Yeah, but if you were there, you'd be dead. Mm. Uh, so, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Um, what do they do in China? Like, again, this comes down to being shrewd, mm-hmm. um, knowing what battles to take and when, uh, what to stand for, and what's what's likely to be the outcome. Mm-hmm. So, in China, you, you don't have early rain covenant church, or who I read from several times, you don't see them working against their government. In fact, they plainly say, our goal is not to overthrow the the, uh, the party. 
we do not work against the party in the respect of the political sphere. Yeah. We do work against them insofar as we are serving Jesus Christ and we are expanding his gospel into the world and we will disobey you. Mm. Like they they'll say that openly, but they do make it clear. Like they're not advocating for the, like theonomy. Yeah. How could they? They're not even in a position to even begin to think about that. They're trying to survive. Yeah, this is uh <clears throat> this again maybe coming back to the beginning is that this is a unique um, topic for America. Right. Right. And I think that if we can't apply the scriptures to all Christians everywhere, right, then it's probably our interpretation or application is, is wrong. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I agree with that 100%. You know, one of the things that has troubled me about the abolition movement in America it's how uncharitable it would be and sound to those who would live in China, um, who, who you know, for a time would have forced that forced abortions. I think they might have stopped that because they saw they've undermined their entire population. Mm. <laughs> like it's on the brink of like instability and collapse. Right. So they don't have enough people. But uh, all of the abortion there in China, like some of the things American abolitionists would say. It would make me cringe if a or if a uh, if a Chinese Christian were to hear it. Yeah, you know it would be it'd be hurtful and harmful. There, there's no way they could ever even meet the standard of an American abolitionist mm. as to what obedience as a Christian looks like yeah. in that sphere. You can't apply that cross culturally, so maybe it's not the correct position. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe it's not the standard for what an obedient Christian actually looks like. So, um, but I do think there is something to be said of having the ability and the freedom that we have, and maybe just not caring and being lazy, right? Which does, I think, right, maybe apply to a lot of people. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, if God's given you the freedom and the resources, the ability to do things like work, as many abolitionists do, um, maybe you should do that. Maybe he's called you to that. So, yeah. I don't know if that, uh, if that satisfies uh, the type of answers you were looking for or not, George. Sounds good. I mean, we could <laughs> talk about this for right. hours. Right, um, yeah, yeah. But I, hopefully this has given some people things to think about right um i i guess one last question uh sparked by a text we just got from from parker when are we gonna put the american flag back out on the <laughs> stage yeah. yeah yeah um i saw a church planner recently it might have been last week they put um if you want to see what <clears throat> churches worship um see how they respond when you change things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So the whole, the whole American flag thing. Yeah. It's we've definitely a, made, we've definitely made, um, po politics an idol. Yeah. But I, I think, and you mentioned it, I think looking at how the early church dealt with, uh, with the government, I think is a good, it's a good, um, test for us. 
I, I think that they're they're the example for us. What did the early church do when yeah. they were living in the Roman Empire? They had a wicked king. They had some wicked laws. They were taxed into oblivion. And their taxes went to wicked things, mm-hmm. like pagan worship. Right. Yeah. Um, how did they respond? Right. They responded by preaching the gospel. And being good citizens. And being yeah. good citizens. And as you yeah. brought out before in, in one of your sermons on Hebrews, I believe, it might have been Peter, actually, you're... Uh, early, the early church uh, apologists were arguing from this, like we're the best citizens. Yeah, look at us. Uh-huh. We're the best citizens you have. Yeah, why would you persecute us? Right. Um, so yeah, be a good citizen, be a law-abiding citizen. Paul's not out here, you know, writing, you know, a uh, his his grand masterpiece on the tyranny of the Roman Caesars. <laughs> right. That's not what Paul's known for, though he could have. Oh yeah, for sure. He had the intellect and and the ability and the knowledge, the, yeah, fir- the firsthand absolutely. knowledge to do it. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's not goading Caesar to to behead him mm-hmm. by, you know, blasting him out here publicly, making speeches in the agora against uh, Nero. You know. Yeah. Um, he's out there just you know he's preaching the gospel and now he is that does you know you say he's just preaching the gospel. The preaching of the gospel was with such force and power that it was a threat. Mm-hmm. It became a threat, right? Um, yeah. And then, then they came at him. Mm-hmm. But we need to uh, we need to stop putting all of our our hope in the government and politics. And well, if, if we can get the right people in and they can make the right laws, then America is going to be saved, right? Right. Um, Alistair Begg, uh, he he just preached a sermon I, I think a couple of weeks ago. God gave them up, mm. and uh, on from Romans, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but this was a this was a really good quote. <laughs> he said, "You will be fascinated to see the coming together of America's two political parties, not on the basis of affiliation, but on the basis of their commitment to sexual immorality." Yeah, might drop. Right. Yeah, can't agree on a single thing, but that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So. It's very true. Yeah, yeah. We. Um, Man, we didn't even get into the transgender stuff, but oh, I know we don't. I don't have time. You can yeah. go listen to that sermon. But I was shocked when I tried to run those stats. Yeah, because I wanted to see. I wanted to see George. How many are actually killing themselves? Because that's that's how it's being pushed. We have mm. to do this because so many people are dying. Right. And what I discovered is that's a total lie. Mm. It's a total lie. Yeah. Now doesn't mean they're not, but as I said, in general, sixteen youth a day. Mm. That's all youth, right? <laughs> So, including all of the heterosexual youth in there, too. Oh, yeah. That's all of them. Mm. 22 vets a day. Mm. We don't change language. Right. We're not changing language, society, culture, making laws, canceling people, making them, you know, destroying their reputation, going after their their ability to earn money, to make money, destroying their businesses, because they're not advocating for veterans. Mm Mm-hmm. 22 a day. Yeah. So since 2001. Yeah. Um, so you can clearly see there's something driving this that's it's not, not about human life. Yeah. It's not, it's not compassion for, yeah, for human life. Right. Yep. So, all right. You're going to shut us down or are we going to go? We'll just talk. I mean, all, if you, I mean, if you have, if you have anything else, I mean, yeah. we, we just kind of jumped all over the place today. Didn't really follow a, no, a strict, yeah. <laughs> a strict outline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people want to go through like that. They can listen to the yeah, sermon. Listen yeah, listen to the sermon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like how you ended the sermon. Okay. Um, that government is eternal. 
Mm-hmm. There, there will be an eternal government right. with Christ as the center. He'll be the head of the government. Mm-hmm. He'll be the king. Yeah, um, and he's a king right now. He's uh, he's right. he's ruling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if you're not if you're not following Christ, then you are in opposition to the king. You're not a law abiding citizen, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is Psalm two. Mm-hmm. Um, God has established His King on Mount Zion, and the uh, the word to uh, to everyone, including earthly kings, is be wise. Mm-hmm. Be wise. Um, kiss the sun, lest he be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would, I guess, that would probably be the way for us to yeah, to good. shut it down is right. to uh, just. Um, encourage and urge people if you've never trusted in Christ, um, do it today. Today, while there is uh, there's still time, while it's still called today, um, repent, turn away from your sins, trust in the King, uh, King Jesus. So, oh, that was a nice little, uh, ah. nice little huh. pre pre Pushed it twice. Pre-exit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully this uh, this conversation has been beneficial as as Jay and I have been talking about. Um, Christians and their relationship to the government. Uh, go back, listen to uh, to Jay's sermon. Go back to Ecclesiastes. See the wisdom that Solomon has laid out for uh, for believers. And uh, if it has been helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, share. Big thanks to uh, Jay's dad, Jerry, over here. Uh, thanks for uh, helping us out today. And uh, as always, we hope that this helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ. We will see you next time. <laughs>